This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, helping millennials execute their vision. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 38 of the Blind Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jonathan Grisbowski, and today I have with me Daniel Greenberg. He's 18 years of age. He's the founder of Venture Hunt, where startups can easily go online and submit their idea to get up to 50K in an app studio. Or if you're an established startup, you can get up to 250k investment just by your submitting your information on your website. The plan for Venture Hunt is to foster connections with amazing venture capitalists, angels, and young entrepreneurs who have ideas. Daniel, how's your day going so far, my friend? It's great. How's it going with you, man? I can't complain. I don't have the sunglasses on. I'm not straight chilling like you are. Uh, but the first question is always my favorite, and we're going to start off with an icebreaker. Imagine you just had the worst day of your life. You're down in the dumps, your head is down, and you're just, uh, you're just having a bad day. What is that one piece of food that's going to lift your spirits higher and make your day better? Personally, I can always go for an iced coffee. If I'm having a bad day, some ca- uh, nice caffeine's always good, and then when it's put some milk and sugar in there, so sweet, cold caffeine, that hits the spot for me. There you go. And, and being at 18, hopefully you're not addicted, uh, you know, too much at, at, at a young yeah, age. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Cool. Life. So, so Daniel, uh, you know, obviously Venture Hunt is uh, the, the business that we'll be talking about today. But uh, just so everybody else knows, that this young man has over started at least over four businesses already. So the guy is killing it. Without further ado, Daniel, tell us about yourself. Who are you, and what is your story? So yeah, thanks. So I've been doing startups ever since I was probably nine. So I won't go into too much detail, but basically when I was nine, I saw an issue in my neighborhood where kids who were knocking door to door, shoveling, uh, trying to shovel snow, they weren't getting a lot of business. Families who didn't want kids knocking on their door were getting really pissed off that kids were knocking on their door. Families that did want kids to shovel for them didn't know someone was going to come. So at the age of nine, Having no platform, no tech, no PayPal, no technology, I basically created a simple way to connect houses with kid shovelers. I just gave uh, houses my home phone number. They would call me uh, the day before a snowstorm. They would say, we want you to come. I would send the address out on an AOL instant messaging group chat, which I don't think anyone uses AIM anymore, but that was the thing of the day. And that's what people would just respond. Uh, families would never leave their door. Uh, I would go the next day and collect the money and then I would give the shovelers their commission. So that was when I was young. When I was in high school, I started working on a hardware startup that it sadly, it failed, but it was definitely a good experience. We worked on it for about 18 months building this cool product that made wired headphones wireless. Uh, didn't get funded on Kickstarter, but nonetheless, great experience. And then recently, in addition to Venture Hunt, I'm working on a startup called Vibrant that connects Instagram influencers with brands, as well as I produce for Color Lab Creative a startup, uh, a production company for startups that we really try to cater to the startups that are bootstrapping and make high quality content for them. And then most recently, I joined Prototype Capital, which is a student-run VC for uh, university startups. And Venture Hunt is what I'm preparing to launch, which I'm really excited to do, because that's something that I hope will have a huge impact on everyone that is involved with it, not just me, just everyone who does it, huge impact. 
Yeah, yes. absolutely. So you know, being at such, um, you know, at, at a young age and accomplishing so much already, um, you know, where does the passion come from? You mentioned it a little bit offline, but tell me about, you know, that, uh, the, the story that you're telling me, uh, at, at such a young age about your hobby. Yeah. So I really don't know where it's barred from. So both my parents, they had their own businesses respectively. One's a doctor started his own practice. The other did PR, started her own PR firm. But nothing was like a tech startup, which or a biotech, no VC, just their own businesses. And in kindergarten, the first day of school, we all have to write these little pieces of paper: our name, our favorite color, our hobbies, favorite flavor of ice cream. And for hobbies, I always just wrote entrepreneurship. Keep in mind, I spelled it completely wrong, which sometimes I still do to this day. But and my teach, uh, my teachers would say, Daniel, like entrepreneurship isn't a hobby, like. You can like coloring, you can like uh, drawing, you can like basketball, you can like running, you can like nature, whatever it may be. But I was like, even at the age of five, I was like, no, entrepreneurship is my hobby. So then uh, basically from that point forward, I was always just interested in coming up with new things. So even before the snow shoveling business, I would always be out there trying to sell lemonade, trying to do like creative ways, not just a regular stand, but any ways that I could like differentiate myself on the street. So it was just a passion I had that even now that I'm 18, 13 years, it's never gone away. And that's just still what I'm passionate about, still what I want to do. So, to, uh, so you're creating Venture Hunt and it's a relatively newer business. Um, but what have been some of the struggles that you've had uh, within this, uh, this organization specifically? Yeah, so some of the big struggles with Venture Hunt was one, getting judges slash the prize money because we have since we're brand new we don't have a track record it's not like this is our second year doing it where we can tell judges and investors the people putting up the prize money that these are the type of startups you're going to get it's completely a long shot where we have no clue who's going to apply to this weekend we're working really hard trying to get every uh, entrepreneur aware of this because it's great for all of them but we can get great startups, it could be a flop, like you never know. So we're hoping, and that was the big struggle that judges wanted to see uh, some traction first, even just for their time. And the issue with that is we can't really get traction without the prizes and judges. It's not like a startup where you can, let's say, start in a private beta and prove that this is working. Like we have to either go big or go home. Like we needed judges and that's what's convincing startups to apply. So. That was, I would say, the biggest struggle, and uh, I would say the biggest struggle going forward is just going to be to get startups and entrepreneurs to find out about this, because press, this isn't something that's really a conventional press play. Like, I'm talking to you today, like, these are things that you have to go to Facebook groups and meetups. This isn't like you want to be in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. This, they're, they're, they're very uh, niche markets where people have great app ideas and startups that would, this would be perfect for. So right now I'm just grinding to go to all those things in person, trying to tell people about Venture Hunt when it's launching and just to apply for it. So uh, uh, to, to people who may be applying similar marketing strategies like you are, um, you know, very grassroots style going, you know, a lot of hard work going into the Facebook yeah. groups and finding the proper Facebook groups and, you know, find the proper people to potentially talk on other social platforms. Um, you know, what are what are some things that are working for you right now, and then what are some things that are not working for you, um, you know, within within your marketing efforts? 
Definitely, yeah. So I would say the biggest thing that I would tell young entrepreneurs, I'm young myself, is don't jump the gun with anything. So we started, so right now we're preparing to launch in maybe two, three weeks. And a while ago, we had the very initial design of our website with a lot of the content still there, the prize, the judges, but it just wasn't uh, an aesthetically pleasing website. And I was going to some meetups and showing them the website and people were like, wait, so this is, is this just the design? Is this the website? Like it doesn't look very professional. I'm like, oh yeah, this is just the beginning. So that's one of the biggest things I would say, like don't jump the gun like I did, like wait till you have a great thing to show, then show it and then go. Another thing I would say, you really have to grind. Like nothing, talking face to face is the best or even like what I'm doing right now if you're over FaceTime, but emailing and texting with someone is not that effective. You really have to make a connection with them. So like I said, Facebook groups is one thing. I try to actually talk to people who interact with my posts there. So if they like or comment, I'll message them personally. Same thing goes for the meetups. Like I'm not just emailing like a cold list of meetup people. Like I'm trying to find meetups in New York and meetups all over that I have friends that may be able to go to them and just go there and tell people what's coming. Mm -hmm. We're going to just kind of switch gears a little bit. We, we, we talked a little bit about uh, about struggle, but what has been your biggest failure thus far? And it doesn't just have to be you know this business, but just collectively. Yeah, I would say startup-wise, my biggest failure was definitely Spyro, the hardware product I did in high school, because that was 18 months of work lots of engineering time, lots of time on the phone with manufacturers, lots of time going into uh, cost of goods sold analysis. Just It's a lot more than just launching a software app. So there was a ton of work that went into it. And we were so excited about launching our Kickstarter. And, and it truly flopped. So we had to raise 75000 and we raised 6000 So it was not like something that was close. It was, it was a true flop. And basically people asked me after that, like they said, Daniel, are you going to keep doing entrepreneurship? Like, is this going to deter you from doing startups again? I'm like, definitely not like a failure is a failure, but I got to move on. So definitely it took some time, like not to jump right back into it because like I said, it was so much time, so much work and to see it fail so badly and to kind of, look at other avenues and just see that there wasn't a possible way to make this work. Like the VC route wasn't exactly there for this product. Crowd uh, funding platforms weren't really there. Like just, there wasn't a perfect route for it. So that was definitely the biggest failure I've had startup wise. Um, personally, I would say the biggest failure just related to entrepreneurship was trying to get press for Spyro and just getting shot down one after another that even though it was a high school entrepreneur doing a hardware startup, I think I emailed over a hundred publications and we ended up getting four, which I'm not, I'm definitely so grateful for those four, but I got so many, some of them didn't even reply. The ones that replied were just a simple, like, no, not interesting. So definitely a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Well, the ego was one thing, definitely. And then, the whole thing about working on it for 18 months and seeing that other people aren't as passionate, aren't as into it as you are, definitely, uh, definitely blue. So what did you learn? What did you learn from it? 
So I, w I learned a lot from this one. So one that I learned personally, and this is not for everyone, this is just for me, I'm not someone that wants to go into hardware again. Hardware is a whole nother game than software and platforms and connecting people. So that's one thing that Daniel Greenberg does not do hardware anymore. That was one. Uh, I learned that even after you have a – this is for people that want to get into hardware – that even after you have a prototype, there's so much more. So like I said, working with factories, even before you manufacture, is so much. You have to get tons of certifications from the government to be able to sell a hardware product. There's just so much more from prototype to actually producing it. There's so much, even a final uh, lookalike prototype, there's so much there. So it's not like we have a working lookalike exact prototype, but there's so much there. Um, I would say definitely something I learned was you should do, and this is something I did for Vibrant, something I did for Venture Hunt, which I do for all my ventures now, is always do market research first. So I had two partners in this uh, in the Spyro endeavor, and we just said we were like, we're doing this idea because it's cool, and we we didn't go out. We weren't like, let's see if this is actually something people need. We did search for competitors, and at the time they're wasn't anything big out there. So that was one thing we did well, which I still do, but we didn't really go to people on the street and be like, <clears throat> would you be interested in this? And basically it was three of us. I said, this would be cool. We did it. And that was, that was that, uh, another thing I would say I learned from this, always get things in writing. I would just say we had, we were in talks with a VC about possibly a deal prior to our Kickstarter that would have, allowed us not to launch our Kickstarter, just gone straight to manufacturing and just, we didn't get things in writing, even though it was verbal and it just fell through because there was nothing to actually stand by. So always get things in writing or better than that, trust the people you're doing business with. We have a good foundation of, of who you are um, when it comes to, to business, but uh, now I kind of want to get inside the head a little bit. Um, so what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? So, yeah, some habits is for me, I, even if it's a weekend, school day, whatever it is, no matter what time of the year, I try to get up at the same time every day because it helps you, it helps your body set a routine and it helps you kind of do, get an emotion so you know what you're going to do and when. So that's one thing I do. I just find it extremely just not productive to say waking up at two in the afternoon like some college kids do on a Saturday and Sunday, even during the week. It's just not productive. So school, no school, vacation, whatever, I try to get up. Uh, I would say always start your day with exercise. It just gets the mind flowing in, even if it's as little as 20 jumping jacks. Like the slightest thing can get your body going. Just get out of bed and just do something. Like you don't have to do a two-hour workout at a gym. Just – Five push-ups, five sit-ups, whatever it may be. Just get your body moving a little bit. Uh, the same thing goes, try doing a little exercise before you go to bed every night. So personally, I'm a New York Jets fan, and I despise the New England Patriots. But I will say Tom Brady, since he was, I think, eight, he, he was always doing 10 push-ups a night. Ten, well, now he probably does a lot more, but his dad just had him do a couple push-ups every night, and that just grew him high school, that's how he became so big. So I would say definitely you got to be uh, physically healthy, mentally healthy. Uh, I would say don't eat crap. 
Like <laughs> people, obviously it tastes good, but if you can just eat healthy, like sure. you want to live a long time, like that has nothing to do with startups, but just eat healthy people. No, that is very important. Um, but like, uh, so now I want to know a little bit more about the technology piece. Um, what are some of the resources that you use every single day that you just can't live without? So yeah, before I say that, another thing I would just say about routines is try for people, try not to look at screens 30 minutes before you go to bed and 30 minutes after you wake up. Try to go like a little bit of your day without a screen. Keep in mind, I admit, like I'm completely into my phone, my laptop, my iPad, everything. But it's really, I think, like try to like stay away from it, especially it's really, I know people now that they, they sleep in the same bed as their loved one and instead of saying like I love you good night to their loved one, the last thing they see is actually like their phone, and that's just something I think is very uh, odd and not right. Absolutely. Go. So things I look at every day. What are uh, resources that you use? Whether it's yeah. like apps or definitely. So product hunt every single day, always there, checking what's coming up there. Um, I'm on social media wise. I'm on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram every day. Uh, about six months ago, I would say I was on Twitter every day and now I'm only checking it like once a week. Uh, I check Kickstarter a lot. I did. So I would say once again, about a year ago, I checked it every single day, multiple times a day avidly. And then I backed a project probably two years ago that I found out a couple months ago that it was never going to get delivered and Kickstarter was doing nothing to make that right. And after that, I kind of backed away from them. Uh, just because strictly you're doing stuff like this, you know, every single day to see what what is out there. Is it for prospecting purposes? Is it for just education purposes? I would say it's both. So for me personally, outside of prototype capital, outside of VC, I love being an early adopter to everything. I love just trying new things. So product on Kickstarter, Mattermark, AngelList, all these things are ways to find Crunchbase. All these things are ways to find out about up and coming things like. By the time something gets to TechCrunch or Mashable or HuffPost, Ian Gadget, whatever it may be, in my opinion, it's too late. You're not an early adopter anymore. Someone that's already kind of blowing up. So I like going, and even though Product Hunt, et cetera, they're still big, I kind of feel like that's the place where you first go to be an early adopter. And I love just messing around with the product, seeing what they are. And then from the VC standpoint, it's a great way to try to find leads before anyone else does. So if you're because people like I said some VCs who I know who aren't good VCs they only look at big publications like TechCrunch, uh, Ian Gadget, and all these big things and the issue with that is once they're there I, they're not going to be successful but it's kind of an indicator they're going in the right direction and they may already have investments as opposed to if you pick them up early and you're a fan of it you do your research you can get in first yeah, so Mattermark's one, Angelus, Crunchbase, Product Time. Like I said, occasionally Kickstarter, but I'm kind of uh, shocked. Did you say Ian? And then what was the last name? Ian what? Gouch? Gatch? I don't know anyone named Ian. What? No, no, I thought you said that you look at a blog and I thought you said the word Ian. Oh, no. no. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, so, Mattermark, Product Hunt, uh, Kickstarter, those are like your main go-tos. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, definitely. All right, awesome, awesome. 
And, um, you know, I guess my last question is very, very, I mean, you kind of hinted at it and a lot of, given a lot of great feedback and advice. Um, but if you could just give, you know, you had one conversation with a, with a millennial entrepreneur, um, you know, maybe even somebody who's older than you. Uh, and, you know, what are three pieces of advice that you'd give to somebody um, who may want to become an entrepreneur or just simply isn't executing their current strategy? Definitely. So one, uh, the three, uh, I would say the big things before I go a little more specific would be never give up slash keep grinding. Seek help. So be humble, seek help. And three is you're going to fail. So regarding the first one, you got to put the work in. Like you can't just – you really can't just say like, okay, a couple press pieces, which is what I did for Spyro, will help it. You really got to be getting an email list. You got to be going out there. You got to be thinking. You got to be growth hacking, all these things. Uh, The second one, even if your startup's doing great, you have to seek help. Don't think you're the best. I'm the best. I can do this without anyone. Like you're not the best at everything. No one is. Someone's better at you in some aspects. You're better at them. Get great team members and work with them. And the last thing is 99% you're going to fail in a startup and don't be discouraged. Like I said, you got to keep going. Like Spyro failed as well as other like side projects I've done that weren't big startups failed. Like you're going to fail probably multiple times, but you got to keep getting back on the horse. Exactly. 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 So, you know, without further ado, again, thank you so much for your time. If people wanted to follow you and wanted to be a part of your journey, how would they how would they go about doing that? Uh, I'm extremely active on Facebook, so if anyone messages messages me there, adds me, I'll respond to them quickly if they have any questions. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way. Just find me on Facebook, Daniel Greenberg. I'll, I'm there. Awesome, awesome man. Well, Daniel, thank you again so much, and uh, have a good rest of your day. Congratulations on all of your success thus far. You too. Thanks.